0: You are listening to Let's Talk Trio on podcast. Keep up with the latest episodes by downloading the Podbean app or stream episodes via our social media accounts. Search for Let's Talk Trio on Facebook or Instagram. This episode is sponsored by Student Access. Student Access, the leader in TRIO software. Student Access is an online database solution that allows TRIO programs to track their students' information, connect with students by text messages, streamline the APR, and work from anywhere, all online, with automatic updates for changes from the Department of Education. Their technical support team includes former TRIO staff and has over 50 years of combined experience working with TRIO. Make it easier to focus on your priority, the students. For more information and to request a free demo, visit their website at www.studentaccess.com or call them toll-free at 1-800-801-1232. That website again is www.studentaccess.com or 1-800-801-1232. Be sure to share your favorite episodes on your social media by tapping that share button. This is a great way to support the podcast. Now here's your host, Juan Rivas.
1: Thank you, Amelia, for that wonderful introduction. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk TRIO. I am your host, Juan Rivas. In this episode, we have Luis Perez Jr. He is a former staff member of TRIO Educational Talent Search and TRIO Upward Bound and Palo Alto. He is on the podcast to share his educational journey his realization as to why education is important, and starting his own business. He is the CEO and founder of Pre-Degree, a educational consultancy program. So coming up in just a bit, Luis Perez Jr. I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Angelica Villalpando, Rosario Riley, and Student Access. Thank you all so much for continuing to support the podcast. You too can support the Let's Talk Trio podcast. Head on over to Patreon, select one of four tiers. You can select the level one, which is our basic, basic tier at a dollar a month, or it goes up to $50 a month. Uh, any tier really helps out our podcast. For those of you who own a business or would like to advertise on our podcast, we do have a corporate tier at $100 a month. That is a flat rate of $100 a month. You can uh, work with us. We will put your ad in the podcast and your ad will appear for every episode we, we publish in that month. Remember to contact us for details. If you know someone or would like to nominate a person to be on the Let's Talk Trio podcast, send us an email at letstalktrio at gmail.com. That email again is letstalktrio at gmail.com, spelled L-E-T-S-T-A-L-K-T-R-I-O at gmail.com a great episode coming up with Luis Perez Jr. here in just a bit. Uh, Thank you all again for continuing to support the podcast. We appreciate the support. And uh, yeah, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Five, four, three, two, one. Hello, Trio Nation. My guest on the Let's Talk Trio podcast is the founder and CEO of Predegree and educational consultancy program. Our guest earned his bachelor's degree in interdisciplinary studies from Texas A&M in 2011 and earned his master's in school counseling from Omar University in 2016. He previously served as a director for Trio Talent Search and Upward Bound in San Antonio, Texas. His interests and hobbies include playing chess, watching sports. He is a huge Spurs fan, Houston Astros and Cowboys, and enjoys spending time with his kiddos. Uh, part of that is traveling. Uh, welcome Luis Perez. To the podcast. Luis, welcome to the podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It is such a great honor to have you on the podcast. We scheduled this interview kind of on a whim and purely by chance.
2: Yeah, no, it's an honor to be here. And it, it really was a whim, but the internet, right? So I'm, I'm <laughs> internet, absolutely. <laughs> Social media does its thing.
1: Uh, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing great. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a good time of year. I think things are really uh, ramping up for us, for school districts, a lot of TRIO programs. Um, so we've kept busy, um, yeah. but I'm, I'm I'm really excited that we've hit the ground running. Awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about
1: yourself, a little uh, something about uh, that the audience would like to know?
2: Yeah. Um, so I think that I've really been blessed in that all the steps that I've taken, I think in my personal life and professional life have kind of led me to this point. I don't think people always have the uh, have that round circle like I have. So I'm, I'm really blessed to have had that. Um, just growing up, I kind of always knew I wanted to be in education. Um, and I had the opportunity to be a teacher. Um, had the opportunity to uh, go to school for counseling. Learned about TRIO. Um, got to run two different programs, Talent Search and Upward Bound. Um, And then I got to work for a business that works really closely with Trio. So I got to see the business aspect of it. So I'm really excited at where I am at this point, uh, founding pre-degree and just having the opportunity to give back to Trio programs and really take experience from every step of the way and and kind of put that full circle. Right.
1: uh, Awesome. I love that. Um, We were talking earlier pre-show that, um, some of the things that you were doing now, so you transitioned over from working with TRIO programs or working in TRIO programs to now working with TRIO programs. Uh, in in this post-pandemic world, um, what does that mean? And and are you and your family able to get to these pre-pandemic routines? Because I know for a variety of universities, colleges, and for families especially, uh, things look different now.
2: Yeah, and you know, there's there's really a lot to unpack with that question. And I know there's a lot of, I, I hate to brush over some of the trials and, and, and tribulations that, that people went through. Cause I mean, as a society, I think a lot of us went through them together. Um, but really just to look on the positive side of things, I, I really am be excited to be post pandemic. Um, it's, yeah. it's, really, it's, it's really weird for, for my family and I, because like right before the pandemic uh, and through the pandemic, it was a lot of transition um i have two young kids my son is almost four my daughter's almost two wow so um and then i transitioned um from trio to um working in a business and then starting my own business mm-hmm. um so I, I don't know if we've quite gone back to i don't know if 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 my family can define who we were before the pandemic because i think we we're a little incomplete and, and not where we want to be mm-hmm. um but we really are excited to have uh, gotten past, I think the uh, heaviest parts of the pandemic and, and really come out of it um, in a better spot and where we wanna be um, for me, both professionally and family-wise.
1: That's, that's amazing. Uh, so for you, what was the most exciting thing that you were able to do in this post-quarantine world?
2: Uh, yeah, I, I think like a lot of people, I took some of the, uh, some, some things for granted. And so I, I hate to, to simplify it, but I think the most exciting thing was just to get out and be around other people, to go to the store without worrying, to go to the movies, to the park, mm-hmm. um, to travel. Um, and, and even professionally, one of the best parts of my job is, is workshops that we do mm-hmm. and actually being with students. Um, and it's great to, to see students online. Um, I, I think it was, is, needed and i'm glad we had that resource at the time Mm -hmm. um but but there's nothing like being with students and and being with people in person and learning from each other and so that's really what i miss. right on Um, so during this time
1: people were really taking some time to learn about themselves and learning about some of the skills and some hobbies that they like to grow for you what is something that you learned about yourself during this pandemic
2: yeah, the the pandemic definitely offered uh, a lot of time to to grow and to reflect, um, and to pursue just different interests and different hobbies, um, which I think gave me the time to uh, start pre-degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I think I learned about myself is is what I find most value in, and that includes family. But I think I think what I never noticed before the pandemic is the most valuable thing on this earth is time right mm. and we we'll do that time. people people are worried about money people are worried about status um, sure but but it comes down to time so just really taking advantage of the time that i have um being present in the moment and whether i'm at work whether i'm with my family but really taking advantage of the time um, i think that's that's a lesson that, that's really stuck with me That's
1: awesome. Um, Speaking of time, uh, can we go back in time just a little bit? And can we talk about your educational journey growing up? What was that like?
2: Yeah, so I I think it's hard to really put a theme on my educational journey growing up. It was more of a roller coaster, to be completely honest with you. Mm -hmm. Um, There were times when I just thrived. And there were times where I, I really, really struggled. Mm-hmm. Um so I think I think um it all started I started my education in kinder and I think I was a little behind mm. um know a lot of students went to pre-K and a lot of students have had that uh going for them um but I caught on quickly um but I had I had a lot of ups and downs I had um there were things that I was great at and then there were th- things that I struggled with um And there were times where I was doing really well and thriving and grade levels where I was thriving and then grade levels where, I mean, I was going through a lot of family wise or Mm. educationally, it just wasn't high on my priority list. Um, but definitely a lot of up and downs and just blessed that I hit my stride at the right time and the right moment. And, and, uh, it it all worked out in the long run.
1: Absolutely. Uh, in growing up, I know that uh, for a variety of uh, students that are experiencing roller coasters, as you mentioned, um, were the things that you gravitated toward, or things that uh, pro- provided an escape for you.
2: Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, sports were huge. Loved sports growing up. Yeah, um, and and I think that's that's something that I had the opportunity to focus on late middle school, high school. Um, that I didn't have an opportunity to do when I was younger. Um, mm-hmm. And I know, I know there are leagues all over the place, but like with my family, with economics being an issue, with us living, um, we lived in a pretty rural uh, area. Mm-hmm. Even though I had the opportunity uh, for half of my schooling to go to school in San Antonio, it was still a drive there every morning. So it was, it was a pretty uh, isolated area. Um But like when I did have the opportunity to really get into sports, I I think that helps helps me along the way, helped me to focus on something positive, helped me to work towards like have goals and and really want to do well so that I can sustain that.
1: Absolutely. Do you remember what your reaction to schooling initially, like being a little one going to school? What did that mean for you? And how did you respond to that?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's clear as day my very first day of school to be honest with you okay and I I, uh there's there's not a lot of memories that are that old don't want to bring up age here but there's not a lot of uh (laughs) memories that are that old that that I have that clearly um but but like I said I think I think I was a little late to the game Mm. um I remember uh my dad drove me to school and he was explaining basically what it was to me so I really Mm. didn't have that that preparation beforehand um but I remember asking just basic questions like, well, "What if, what, if, what if it rains? So I have to go to school that day, and mm-hmm. um, like, what are some of the things that they expected of me?" Um, but you know, I, I think a really good point to make. I talked about roller coasters, and mm-hmm. for someone who, who I think wasn't prepared, I think a big part of those roller coasters were. adults that were in charge of me at the time like i can Mm. i can honestly i think i was pretty perceptive Uh and and aware uh as at a very young age so like i could tell for whatever reason like uh my my kindergarten teacher didn't really like me and so it was a really rough kindergarten year yeah Yeah. i I remember i remember uh some some pretty uh rough situations and getting in trouble for for things that i probably shouldn't have at Mm -hmm. five years old um but then I remember like having really good uh, educators, uh, first grade, second grade. Um, and then again, like roller coaster, depending on, on the, it, it's, it's, it's crazy how much of an impact one educator can have on a student's education. Definitely. Because I think that really, who, who taught me that year really defined uh, the whole year for me, how well I did and, and how happy I was to be there and, and, and all those things. Absolutely. Um,
1: walk us through uh, some of that, um, not not, not the, the school experience, but the support uh, family provided, uh, because it sounded like it was very, uh, a, lot, a, lot, a lot was happening. Uh, so what's, what sort of support did your uh, family provide?
2: Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, a great, great parents. Um, I, I think that, I mean, parents that, that were, that were really young parents, yeah. so they yeah. they definitely they weren't perfect and i think the economics was always a hurdle we had to overcome especially especially younger because i think my family did well uh, a little bit later and i think i had a lot more uh, stability like in high school mm-hmm. um but i think the difference is despite like some of the mistakes they made like i knew i had two people in my in my corner no matter what um and and i think I don't think every student has that. No. Yeah. Um, which, which, I mean, it just doesn't affect your academic life. It affects all aspects of life. I don't think some. I, I know some students don't have one person, but to have two people uh, in my corner that I knew always had my back, they're always rooting for me. I think um, that that really had a positive impact on who I became and, and the success that I've had.
1: Uh, Reflecting on that a little bit, um, what were you like as a kid?
2: Um, Again, roller coaster, right? So (laughs) um, I I think uh, I I really wanted to do really well. Um, Elementary, I think. um, Middle school, I really Mm -hmm. started to to take a turn that I probably shouldn't have, Um, and not that I was like one of the worst kids but definitely education wasn't a priority to me i knew my parents had standards um and and they were high standards but they weren't like too high Mm -hmm. so i knew if i could do the bare minimum (laughs) and uh i'd have my parents (laughs) off my back and so i I probably pushed every uh every boundary that i could and and honestly i probably didn't play that as well as i as i could have like mm-hmm. right, getting getting in trouble and then with some of the things that got in trouble with but it, it's a reminder to me to no matter no matter who tells you like they're self-made like mm-hmm. that's that's just not true like right in order to be successful it takes it takes like it takes a lot of people to help you along the way to teach you along the way to give you discipline when you need discipline and give you mercy when you need mercy. Um, right. So I mean, I think early on, I really wanted to do well. I think um, a while there, I was a kid who got into trouble. And then I think I kind of got my head on my shoulders and it, it might've just been growing up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it might've been, Hey, at the end of uh, at the end of seventh grade, I got into some real trouble. That could have been, <laughs> it could have been uh, some, some, not just in school, but like some legal issues that I really caught a break on and thought mm-hmm. to myself, like, hey, like, if if I don't turn things around and I don't, which which I always knew, mm-hmm. like I had the capability, like, right. and the opportunity. So um, if I don't turn it around and take advantage of, of the gifts or just the talents that I have, it's, I'm not going to go down a path that I really like. Right,
1: right. Did you feel any inclination or gravitated toward, toward any topics while you were in school?
2: Yeah, I always uh, always loved history. Um, and, and I think that just um, I think that's still true to this day, right? Okay. Learning, learning about who we are and the mistakes that we've made and unfortunately, seeing the mistakes that uh, <laughs> have been made over generations and generations. right. <laughs> um, but I loved history. And I liked aspects of of writing. All right, like I, I was always interested in that. Um, but the funny thing is, I, I wanted to pursue history, and I wanted to um, really focus on that and teach that. But it, it, okay, and I, I think we're gonna dive into this a little bit later. But uh, fortunately, that's that's not the uh, the path that I took. So, okay
1: <laughs> we're yeah. grateful for that uh right uh because uh it you're a business owner now and but still th- that passion still exists I'm a little bit of, a little curious for me uh, and this will give a sneak peek for our audience listening what did you want to teach what era of history or is there kind of the whole of history what what was interesting about history for you
2: yeah you know and i i think like i mentioned earlier it's 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 just crazy how much of an impact people would have on you but I had some really strong middle school teachers so I really got into U.S. history um, so that was that was I wanted to teach U.S. history mm-hmm. but like I, I had a love for all history so it didn't I matter it, it didn't matter what type of uh, history job I got like I I love learning about it I love reading about it I love uh, I actually I think we'll, we'll talk about this I actually became an English teacher. Right. So I really yeah. got the opportunity yeah. to hone my writing skills and practice my skills. And cause you, you need to really know your stuff if you want to. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but um, like I, I felt bad at first as an English teacher, because I didn't like reading novels wasn't my passion, but like, if mm-hmm. I am a like I love expository writing and I can read a whole U.S. history book where right? I can read articles for days mm-hmm. um and and so like that's just that was my interest but um this has really worked out well for me and I'm glad that I got that that writing that <laughs> very writing good
1: job. Uh, another off script question if you don't mind me asking did you have writers who had uh, played an influence on you
2: yeah absolutely um and and I think it's more like personal I think um I had a uh, writing teacher in eleventh grade, uh, Mr. Saguda, which um, I, I think I think that's really when we dove into like improving your writing skills and like writing essays and improving your essays. Um, like that's that's I think that's where like I got a love for that. Um, and and one thing you learn the more you write is it's like all great writing isn't writing it's rewriting so Mm -hmm, like unless mm -hmm. you embrace that uh, revising and editing process you're never going to come up with a product or or just you're never going to come up with with a product that's that's really really good like you really have to embrace it and take the time and it's an art and I think that uh, I think that class really helps helps me really enjoy that more
1: right on Talk to us about how you socially adapted to school. Did you have a large amount of friends or a close knit group?
2: Um, I think I I had a few friends that I, I think that, uh, I, I really carried throughout the years. I was always like social and like friendly with people for the most part. Right. Um, I think in high school you have all your AP classes and so you have a lot of the same students in classes. So you real, you build those relationships and that rapport, Mm -hmm. um, but I think I had like a few really good friends um, that you'd hang out with outside of class or in the morning or um, but like I was social and and in class through sports. Um, but I think like one or two friends growing up really like made that impact and and I guess kept me on a good path too because very good yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because yeah, because like I said, roller coaster, and um, in middle school too, just hanging out with people that I probably weren't going in the same direction I was. So, Yeah.
1: Speaking of middle school, what was the transition from um, elementary to middle
2: school like for you? Terrible, terrible, terrible. yeah, absolutely. Uh, first, like you go through that that whole personally, right? You, mm. you go through the that stage where. I don't know, uh, friends become more important than, than parents or Mm, like wanting to do well at school. Uh, and then it was, it was sixth and seventh grade really before I got into athletics. I was, uh, but I was a little athletic kid in in elementary and then Mm -hmm. I just stopped and became a little chubby kid that, (laughs) that didn't Mm -hmm. care about, didn't care about, like be nice or doing well or um and and so that like affected friendships and relationships and there was a lot going on at home um there was a while where my parents were having issues and so I had to go to another school for a while uh and that was just a complete shock it was yeah it was uh so I I got like removed from my environment I wasn't doing well like physically Um, I wasn't doing well in school because I just didn't care. Um, So sixth, seventh grade were really rough. Um, But I think eighth grade, I I really turned it around, went through a growth spurt, really started having the opportunity to play the sports that I like to do, like that I like to play. Um, And like I said, I got into some trouble at the end of seventh grade. And I, I don't know if I grew up or if I snapped out of it, but I also told myself, like, hey, maybe I should just like try in class. Maybe I should just pay attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, like as simple as that sounds, just listening to directions, mm-hmm. and it, it, it really, really uh, turned around my performance and, and uh, how well I did.
1: Right on. Awesome. So you, you kind of answered two questions all at once that I was going to ask you about how you adapted, because it sounded like the first two years in middle school were a little bit rough. You were trying to kind of f- figure yourself out. And it sounded like at the end of seventh grade into eighth grade that something sparked, something, something connected.
2: Yeah. Um, and, and I, I really couldn't tell you. I it might have been a few, few different uh things at play there, but that's that's really I think where I turned it around. That's really where I started becoming, I think, the student and the person that I wanted to be. Um and again, like it wasn't. I I made it to the top of my class um Mm -hmm. they I don't know why they ranked us middle school but I was third in the class for the year yeah um which isn't anything I expected to do I just told myself like hey really I should I should start trying and I should start listening Mm
3: -hmm. and it
2: Mm -hmm. I mean those those simple changes turned a lot around for me like um there's no need to cheat off of anybody. Cause I know what to do now is listening. Right. I'm not yeah. getting in trouble because like I was quiet while the teacher was talking. I did my work like that just made the day go better. Everything just, uh, it really turned around grade. So
1: right on. Do you have a favorite memory of middle
2: school? Something that really stands out for you? Um, yeah, I think, I think it was, I honestly think it was like surprising people in eighth grade, and surprising and, people. Okay, and not just not just students, but educators, because, I mean, going into education, I you you learned that like some educators talk to each other. Yeah. So like, hey, I have this kid in my class. Like, what to expect? And right. so, just coming back, a totally different person, mm-hmm. and and a totally different student. I, I think that was. And, and being able just to be successful, I think that gave me the confidence I needed. I think I needed that before I got into high school to know how well I could do. So, yeah. so I, I think that's probably the best part of middle school.
1: I like that. That's a very good reflection. At this point of your school and career, did your family discuss college with you?
2: Yeah, so it's, it's funny because my parents always told me I was going to college, which I know isn't the norm, mm-hmm. um, especially like where I was from. I, I don't know if they knew completely what that entailed, um. But again, it's the theme for today, right? Roller coaster. Because I know early on, my dad told me like, "Hey, you're going to college. You're going to college," and then I did started doing very poor in middle school, and so my dad tried to like convince me to join ROTC mm. and 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 started talking about military, uh-huh. and then which which is very it's it's very noble and it's it's a great career for a lot of people and, and like definitely I have a hundred like so much respect for the armed forces um but then I turned it around academically and I had a conversation with him one time and talked about the future He was like well I was kind of just saying that because you were you weren't doing well in school <laughs> like maybe we should start thinking about college again right um so it's it's, it's funny it was uh again a roller coaster but it was always brought up. Okay.
1: So it was a continual conversation with family, just to kind of touch base about college and and to
2: see what direction you wanted to take. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then I had a rare, see I grew up with a lot of disadvantages and then I had a very rare advantage in high school. Mm -hmm. It was, um, President Bush had signed uh, No Child Left Behind. Oh, I remember that, yeah. Which, my parents were aides in the school system and they helped, um, with, with, um, resource students or, uh, life skill students. Um, but because of No Child Left Behind, they had the opportunity opportunity to go back to school and, um, become teachers, right? It made it a requirement. Um, and I, I don't know the exact extent to it. Um, so late into my high school career, my parents started, like attending classes at the local community college Mm -hmm. um and so there were times where there was nothing for me to do so I was there sitting with them and I was sitting in on classes and I was learning and I was I had the opportunity to see um what goes on in the college cast in a college class and to realize hey even though these kids are a couple years older than you like you can figure out everything that's going on here like you can be successful and so I got to see that firsthand um, yeah and, and that really helped as well
1: I think it really helps with uh, when students are able to sit in a college classroom and they can start picturing themselves being in college
2: yeah absolutely uh,
1: so as you transition uh, to, to high school do you remember if you were excited nervous a little bit of
2: both oh definitely nervous right <laughs> it, it, I, I, it would be an absolute lie to if anybody told you they weren't nervous on their on their first day of high school and, and to get started. Um, but again, I think I talked about a confidence that was starting to brew in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because you grow up and every year you hear like, oh, yeah, well, third grade is a lot harder than second grade. And you get to third grade like, oh, well, fourth grade, you have to start doing this. It's a lot harder. And there was a point in high school where I was just excelling and I was like, look at all, look at all the classes and all the generations that went through this grade before us. And, um, so at a certain point, like I, I gained a confidence and I was, I was excelling academically and, um, I really hit my stride there, but, but definitely to get started. Oh yeah. there was a lot of nerves.
1: I to- totally understand it and totally relate. I don't think when I, when I designed that question or when I asked that question, I always anticipate to say, someone say, oh no, I was super confident going in, but for the most part I get, uh, there was a lot of nervousness around that.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: Uh, so very quick question for you. How did you find out about Trio and all all the programs that are out there?
2: I found out about Trio. Um, you know, it's funny because I have a memory about Trio.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I have a memory about Trio, and like it didn't it didn't come to my mind till later on in life. like, oh, I mm. remember that. Um, but so at the end of my fifth year of teaching, I finished my master's and I absolutely knew what I wanted to do. Um, which is funny going back. Um, if I would have gotten my master's right out of college, I probably would have done it like in school administration or mm-hmm. something like that, which mm-hmm. I'm glad I waited. Cause I learned like, that's not the path for me at all. I would have, I would have hated that. Um, <laughs> but I knew I wanted to be a college and career counselor. Um, so I started right the jobs and that's when I really learned about trio. Um. And had the opportunity, again, to work for Coastal Bend College and run a talent search program, which mm-hmm. was a great job. Absolutely loved it. Um, but when they started asking me, are you familiar with True or familiar with Upward Bound? I remember um, the Upward Bound program being in our library and helping some of my classmates because uh-huh. they were in the program, uh-huh. um, kind of while I was lost in the college readiness process. And... I knew at the time, like, I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't qualify um, economically. I think my parents were doing a little bit better at that time. Um, and I, I, I remember knowing, like, hey, man, I wish I could get some help. That seems like a great, probably not the words I use, but that seems like a great resource. Like, I wish I could get help with this because I'm, I'm, right, right. I'm in trouble here. Um, so, so I knew the impact it had. Um, but it, it's funny that I remember that that happened. But if I never went to trio, I never would have recalled that. So
1: Wow. Wow. Amazing. Um, so kind of getting back into high school, did you get involved in high school? Like, did you do sports, band, extra, extracurricular activities? How involved did you get?
2: Uh, yeah. So um, I love to play sports, and I played a lot in middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, I played football. I played soccer. I played tennis. Um, but as a family, like even though we had done a lot better, we still didn't – like it it still was difficult to, for, for a lot of different reasons. Um, So I did a lot of clubs that I could, um, but for basketball, which is probably my favorite sport, right. It's my passion. I knew that they got to school like before the school day got started and had their practice. And I knew as a family, we couldn't make that happen. Hmm. So I never really pushed it or pursued it. Um, so I played tennis and I I did every club like I could do during the school day. Um, And I did uh, like, I Saturday wasn't a problem, but like really staying too late after school, really getting there early that like, that would have been a big issue for my family. Yeah. Um, So like I did a lot of UIL and uh, events on the weekends and things like that. Um, But but again, I, I know this is the same for, for a lot of students. I had some, some obstacles or some some difficulties and and some setbacks, and then I had advantages that that other students didn't always have, like the opportunity to to go to some college classes, like my career. And right. um, but I was again, I was pretty astute, and and I could I knew where my family struggled and where it didn't, so I didn't always, always I didn't always take advantage of opportunities because I knew it would be a really long shot. Mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i didn't go to i didn't go to prom because i was like man it's gonna cost oh. a lot of money to go to prom i'm sorry but to hear that fun. yeah um, it bothered me more than i don't care now. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, but um like i was like man to to get a ride to prom to to buy tickets to prom to have something to wear so um so there, there were always, there was always those challenges, but yeah. my parents supported as much as they could a lot. Um, and when I asked, they did everything they could to make it happen. That's awesome. Um, so, so I did get, I did have the opportunity to do a lot.
1: Right on. For Louis, so for many high school students, their priority seems to be social standing and staying ahead in trends. I remember being in high school and I remember trying to at least be relevant um, do you remember if you were ahead in some, in some of those trends or if you uh,
2: wanted to stay ahead or uh, if, if your social standard standing mattered at all? Well, you, it, it definitely mattered, but I don't think, and I think it matters to everybody because I think there's a safety and a comfort in knowing you're accepted and, and liked. Um, so, so it mattered. I don't think it mattered to the, uh, extent that it did to other students or to a lot of other students right um I I wasn't big on it was I wasn't big on certain fashions or having certain brands because I knew again again I was a student I was like eh, it's I'm happy to have what I have I'm I'm not trying to make life harder um, but but it definitely it definitely played a role and I think it plays a role for everybody um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, to at, at different levels, um, but but I think the uh, the quicker that or the quicker students realize how unimportant it is, um, or not that it's unimportant, but but what's more important out there, I, yeah. I think the more successful they can be. I remember, Absolutely. and it's a super popular poster. Um, that's hung all over schools. It's like 20 years from now, no one will remember what clothes you wore or. Oh yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, and it's, it's, it's kind of corny. Cause it has not played out so much, but it's, it's so true. So, I mean, I'd, I'd always been an educator. I always try and catch students to realize what really is important. Like, Hey, this is an opportunity. True. Like really, this is an opportunity to yeah. create the path that you want and to, like people were here and are invested in you and there's never another time in your life where so many resources are just going to be poured into you like take advantage of it and carve the path that you want to carve and at least get yourself closer to there um so so hopefully i had some impact on some students and oh I,
1: i i'm sure i'm sure you did i'm sure you did at this point of your schooling career you're in high school uh how much thought have you been putting into college
2: Um, at a certain point in high school, I knew I wanted to be a teacher and I don't, I don't, I can't pinpoint when I figured that out, Mm -hmm. but I knew to do that. I needed to go to college. So it was on my radar pretty early. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would, I mean, I would, Not that I would judge teachers, but I'd evaluate teachers and be like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna do that." Or, "Hey, they did that really well," um, which I know is is really out of the box for like a 16, 17 year old kid to be thinking about. That. Uh,
1: Evaluating teachers as they're teaching, you're like, "I'm not gonna do that. I wouldn't would, have done that lesson that yeah. way."
2: Well, you know what? And then you become a teacher and you fall flat in your face that first year, and uh-huh. you really start to learn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I know every educator goes through that, but uh it's it's funny. so I knew I knew uh college uh, was the path I wanted to go to pretty early. Mm-hmm. But the difference is, is or or what was impactful was, even though it was told to me, and even though I knew it, like that path isn't just there like and and high schools aren't dedicating enough resources or it's when I was there. Mm-hmm. um to make sure students know what requirements are needed right to to get to where you need to go to it's i mean there's 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 so much that goes into the college readiness process that it could be a class that you take 9th 10th 11th and 12th and a lot of times high schools don't even dedicate a semester to that oh yeah so so i knew i knew what i wanted to do i just didn't know how i was going to do it oh gotcha
1: Gotcha. Um, what was your family's response to wanting to go to college? Like as soon as you made that realization, like I I have to get some training on this and there's going to be education involved. What was the response from your family?
2: Yeah, I think they were always uh, supportive and I think that's what they wanted. Um, but I knew that my parents had gone to community college and they'd been successful. Mm -hmm. They were passing. Right. Um, well, Eventually they were passing. Right. <laughs> I know, you know, I know, I know, uh, I know my dad did really well. And then I know my mom had some hiccups, but they, they were progressing and, and they were being successful and they were doing, they were doing great with all the, all the other things they had going on. Right. They had to raise a, a son and they had to go to school and, and they were Absolutely. being able to do, they were able to do that. Um, but I knew no one in my family had ever gone away to college. Oh, and yeah. I, knew, I knew the two the biggest universities, public universities in Texas were UT and Texas A&M. And I knew the next step in our family's progression, and this is just something I knew, like, wasn't told this, was to go away to college and figure out what that's all about. Mm, Yeah, yeah. Um, And I knew I had the academic record to do that. So I think the biggest... um, their biggest hesitancy was Mm -hmm. me going away so far away. Mm -hmm. And I think that was more for my mom. Like, I don't know. I think my mom would have been fine with me going to the closest community college and living at home. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, I knew I needed to go away and I knew I needed to, to figure that out and experience that.
1: Yeah. And we'll get to that here in just a moment about your experiences in college and all the things that you've taken in but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what colleges did you have in mind and I know you answered that question already but uh, what was was the inspiration, or what why what drew you to those colleges
2: yeah so um I was I was considering community college for a while which is a great resource by the way like I'm I'm not um and and there's so much so much good teaching um, going on at community colleges. I was considering that. And I knew, again, economics was always a factor in every decision I had made up until that point in my life. Um, But I did really well. Um, At one point in high school, there were over 500 students in my class. And I graduated seventh. Seventh, wow, that's impressive. Yes, and when we graduated, um, a lot had fallen off. So the, the class wasn't that big but it was, it was still a large class. Yeah. Um, and, and so I had, I had gotten some scholarships that made going to these big universities, big public universities, definitely possible. Um, so I was considering UT, I was considering AM, um, I was con- still considering community college, um, mm-hmm. I remember briefly looking into different schools, uh, UTSA, which has grown a lot since I graduated, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't what it is now, um, especially for like student opportunities, living on campus. And, and, um, but it's grown so much. I was looking at, I looked at Texas tech briefly, um, but to be honest with you, it came down to a couple of factors. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I, I had narrowed it down again to ut and a and they had pretty strong education programs that was obviously important i knew what i wanted to do mm-hmm. um and i went to ut which was a lot closer to me um it was a lot more popular at the time right they just they just won a national championship with vince young and oh yeah yeah a yeah of, a lot of people were excited about ut um and I couldn't tell where the school ended and the buildings from the city started. And it was like, it was pretty overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then just on those initial meetings, it, it didn't seem as put together. The program didn't seem as put together as AM's at the time. And again, it could have just been that meeting. Um, sure, sure. but the the factors that made me decide on AM, one was education program was strong second was i love the campus and that's so important like if you, if you can't picture yourself being there or living there it's it's not going to work out yeah. it really isn't like you, you have to be comfortable where you plan on being for the next two or four years or Absolutely. more um and then i felt like they were recruiting me like well it was nice it was nice to be wanted right so mm-hmm. they took me mm-hmm. out they took a lot of us out to dinner they took us to a basketball game um they let us stay on campus we did a lot of stuff there um and it was a whole lot of fun that wouldn't have been the whole reason I made my decision but like all that put together I was like oh yeah this is where I should be
1: yeah right on um so obviously you wanted to go into college for teaching and so I'm going to reframe our next question because it was super obvious you wanted to be a teacher were there any other programs you were
2: considering um no not really and I think I think part of that was Part of that was like a passion for wanting to help and wanting like I, I really enjoyed learning so I really mm-hmm. wanted other people um and then I think I had a unique perspective um especially I, the further I went the the, the deeper my my her like the more I learned and and the the wider the more stuff I learned and just I, I think it just helped me um but I had a unique perspective like from where I grew up I knew a lot of teachers that I had along the way weren't didn't have the experiences I had and Mm -hmm. um, didn't have that educational journey that I had Um, so it it just felt like a really good fit the other thing too was I I was I wasn't exposed to as many careers that were out there so I I really didn't have a good idea of all the different possibilities that, that were available to me Mm-hmm. Um, I still think this is where I still know this is where I was supposed to be, um, but I think it just made that, that decision easier. And I think for some students, like their options are so limited because they don't have that wide view of the opportunities available to them. Um, so I, I think it's really, really important to, again, Help with the college readiness process but with pure exploration and everything that are, that entails giving them opportunities to experience and see um and just learn about just different careers and and opportunities available to them yeah awesome so as you saw the uh
1: senior year starting to approach you and you're, you're getting you know this this uh, final year under you do you remember what were your priorities at that point like as your final year uh, closed in on
2: you in high yeah. school I mean, I was, I was, I was a little nerd. So all I cared about, <laughs> all I cared about at that time, senior year was sports and education, sports but and education. No. I was, I was really competitive, I think. Um, and so I knew my class rank and I knew, <laughs> and like, I, I wanted, I wanted to <laughs> do as well as I could. Um, so I was, I was really focused. Um, I mean, like it's not like I had money to do anything else. It's <laughs> it's, it's not like I had a car to go anywhere, or, or so. Like it was it was school, and it and it was it was sports, and um. But but yeah, okay. Talk to us about the moment you graduated.
1: You and your family must have been elated.
2: Uh yeah, it was uh, definitely a good day. Definitely proud of me. Um, but the, the funny thing is, is like. I knew that wasn't the finish line. I knew that wasn't the finish line for me. Yeah. and I mean, yeah. it, should, it shouldn't be the finish line for every for anyone. Even if even if your formal education is done, like you should still go into a career or go into like you. you it's the beginning, right? That's it's the truth. It's it's the beginning. We've been preparing, right? Go into the world, make our mark. Um. So it was it was definitely exciting and and some relief like hey I did this and I I think I accomplished a lot especially for who who I am and where I came from and and just the hurdles that I knew that that I had to overcome to get to that point Mm -hmm. um but I knew like hey this this is the start I'm excited I'm excited to go to college and and I'm excited to go to more graduations (laughs)
1: Absolutely. Um, speaking of college, uh, what college did you ultimately decide to attend? And I know you guys, can I give us a little spoiler, but tell us for the audience, what what college did you ultimately decide on?
2: Yeah, Texas A&M University. Uh, so it's, it's pick the best college that there is, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it's uh, like I said, it was it was just the right fit for me. Just feeling feeling it on campus, them having the program and, and the resources that I knew would, would be helpful to me. Um, it was, it was just the right fit.
1: Right on. Talk to us about your college experience. What was that
2: like? It was great. Like, um, I learned so much. I grew so much. Um, but it was, it was definitely a learning experience. And yeah. I, I, went, I, I hit, I hit all the milestones. Like I, uh, I got homesick. I hit my freshman fifteen. I, <laughs> I, I I I struggled to um to adapt because from coming from the south side of San Antonio and then and it surviving there and thriving there, it's totally different from sure a, yeah a college town. And I had to like the way I I spoke to people and the way I interacted with people and it, it, some of the things that I saw blew my mind. Like yeah, um, we'd go to the gym and people would leave their phone and their wallet. And at the time people had iPods, right? They'd leave their iPod there and everyone would go play a basketball game and their stuff would be there when, when they were done, huh. people would leave like their dorm rooms or, or their cars unlocked. And mm-hmm. um, it's, it was definitely a, a different world for me. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of adapting um but once i did like i just i had a blast i learned a lot i grew a lot um and i'm glad i had four years to like really just focus on me focus on the growth on my education on on who i wanted to become um so it it was a really good experience
1: right on reflecting on your college experience can you tell can you give us a contrast between the college experience and your high school experience
2: yeah no i i think i uh i think i hit that a little bit um it it was there there was there was a lot of contrast to be honest with you um in high school Mm -hmm. it was the i felt like it was a teacher's job to to teach us and i Mm -hmm. felt like in college like the professor said the information but it was our job to make sure we got it in in college right got that down um that that was a big change um and academics Mm -hmm. socially Mm -hmm. um it was it was was a different world um
1: like was it different in terms of support in terms of uh obviously challenging courses uh but uh, the differences between social academic personal yeah well talk talk to us a little bit about
2: that yeah okay you know what you just you, you reminded me of some things um that I that I definitely wanted to say um yeah so one thing was 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 academics and it's it's you're in high school you're at the top of of the class right it's mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. you're always doing well and i had to learn in college that i was gonna fail i like, i remember i like. remember like you're gonna you're gonna struggle yeah. with something mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like just I, and i i know i was a smart person i know i was good at academics but i remember taking a music class and like music does not come easy to me like i, I don't know music at all and in that class, I knew, I was like, man, this is what it feels like to be in a classroom and really, really have trouble understanding the concepts mm-hmm. and, and really um, just, just struggling to learn it. And, and even though you dedicate the time, doesn't mean you're necessarily going to understand everything. So like I really, really seen like where you landed and really seen like, hey, you, you are going to struggle and not everything's going to come easy, like, you're at a university where there's so many brilliant people, like, you're not always going to be at the top, Mm -hmm. so academics was, was definitely um, something that I learned, or some, something that uh, was, it was a huge contrast, and then support was another one, support, and, and it's funny, because high school is the end of that journey, so, yeah, so you understand the community you understand the educators you understand what everything is um, on campus and the resources available to you and then you mm-hmm. get to a brand new town right you're i knew how to drive but like i wasn't an experienced driver um and so like you're trying to figure that out and then you're trying to figure out living on your own and, and paying bills and where everything is mm-hmm. if I could, and it was i know the internet was like definitely there, but it wasn't as easy to just say, like, oh, you know, I need to go to the post office. Let me plug this into my phone. It'll tell me right. exactly where to go. <laughs> right. It was, it was the age of let me print out the paper that tells me where to go. <laughs> so, you're really throwing it back there. <laughs> yeah. So so like um just there was a lot of adapting. There were a lot of differences. Um and and it was like I said it wasn't a smooth transition, mm. but but you learned and you got through it. And I think I think for a lot of students, what's important is to know that you're you're going to fail at a certain point or you're not going to be as successful as you want to be. Maybe not necessarily fail, but you're not going to be as successful as you want to be.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But you got to keep pushing, keep pushing, because that second semester was easier than the first semester. And then before right. you know it, you know the town. You don't feel homesick. You're looking forward to what you're doing this weekend and um, you're doing well. To, like So just push, push, push through it you're going to get to where you need to be. Um, Hey, again, you're going to, you're going to find, or you're going to face some obstacles, but just do your best.
1: I love the messaging that you have here. And for uh, trio students that might be listening, it's, it's that persistence and and being able to push forward even in the face of setbacks.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I love that. Great message. Uh, how involved did you get in college?
2: Yeah, no, I was, I was really involved. Um, just with with I think random things um, I remember like uh, being vice president of my dorm right so oh <laughs> right hold, right on <laughs> yeah we hold different events and um, I would go to like a a church group and then eventually I led a church group and so it was a lot of just figuring out what I like to do chess club right and then mm-hmm. um, so I, I was I was pretty involved. I would have, looking back, I would have liked to be even more involved because you always think about like, oh man, I should have went to more football games or I should have. Mm-hmm. But again, school is always your know, number one priority. And then there's a lot of you live on campus. There's a lot of just hanging out with friends and not necessarily doing anything. Um, but I still did as much as I could, and I still um, participated a lot and learned about my, learned about myself a lot. Volunteered a lot. Um, And actually, honestly, tried to try to give back while I was there, because I know a lot of people are investing in me. Mm -hmm, So, -hmm. I mean, right there with scholarships and just people teaching you. And um, so I I really did, I think, do my best to give back and got involved as as much as I could.
1: Right on. Uh, We spoke earlier about challenges and, and setbacks. Were there any additional challenges that presented themselves to you in your first year in college?
2: oh yeah it was it was challenge after challenge like I, I I mentioned a few of them um but like just diving deeper in like I'm, I'm an only child so like figuring out how to live with my roommate right and and do that well and um again interacting with people and um there's so many so many little things feeling feeling um not that I don't belong, but like I'm finally in a place or Mm -hmm. I'm I'm in a place where there are not a lot of people that look like me. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. So it's, um, and at first you have those doubts and, but then when you see yourself successful and I, I think it's the same kind of the same theme as I wasn't doing well in middle school, but then I gained confidence. Um, once you see yourself successful, once you start figuring things out, um, and once you once you realize, hey, I belong there. Mm-hmm. There's a reason I'm here. Um, I just gained that confidence and did really well. But man, for so my parents have degrees, right? They went to school later on in life, right? So I'm not first generation, but I grew up that whole time without. I was first generation until I pretty much became an adult. Yeah. Uh, so, like going there and. Um, being the first one in your family to experience it and, and figure it out for yourself. There's, there's a lot.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. In uh, the opposing end at uh, the end of the spectrum is uh, right. Encountering challenges in, in college, but also what type of support did you encounter in college? Like, did you find a lot of resources, a lot of things that were helping you out?
2: Yeah, I, I did. There were, um, like I said, like I mentioned earlier, like nobody is self-made. So there were people um, there were educators um, there were friends right there was a uh, you'd have your study groups or you'd have uh, just people in class where you'd come together and figure things out um, and then of course I, I still had my parents in my corner who at the end of the semesters when I was like hey I have no money <laughs> like they they they'd help out there so um, there there was definitely a lot of support um, and And I'm really appreciative of that. If if I if I haven't made that known, but along the way there was there was a lot of people that invested me. There are a lot of people that believed in me, and there are a lot of people that helped me.
1: Right on. You said you already want you knew what you want to be in in the teaching education program. Um, And I'm going to reframe this question a little bit. So what what area did you end up studying to get into teacher education?
2: Yeah. So um, interdisciplinary studies, um, which is a combination of different fields um so at the end of my certification um it was history and it was ela english language arts wow so um i actually passed certification tests i could have taught anything Mm -hmm. um because there's a lot of different certification tests tests you can take uh to become a teacher but um with my degree, we studied history and we studied studied English language arts. Um, and generally students went in there. Um, a lot of students have the opportunity to pursue two different fields. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it was separated history, ELA, uh, math and science. Um, and so again, another just something that fell my right, something that fell my way, right? Another right. example of how I'm blessed that I never would have selected ELA on my own mm-hmm. I would have went history all the way to, to have picked the program that allowed me to do both. And it just worked out right on. Did you have mentors while in college? Yeah. Um,
1: tell us a little bit. Tell, tell us a little bit about them.
2: Yeah. So um, number one, and I mentioned my parents a lot, but always right. If, if I have a question, go to my dad, ask my mom, um, but throughout school, I mean there were just educators that that helped me along the way that tried to give me good advice. Um and just thinking of a Dr. Betcher and a Mr. David Bird, um, who I think had the opportunity to teach a really cool class and and really get to know us because we're in a, a learning community mm-hmm. um, and get to spend more time with us than the traditional professors. Um, I mean, they helped me along the way and and they, I think, really did their best to to help all the students in their class really kind of figure figure out their future and, and who they were and what type of teachers they were going to be. Um, but yeah, those are the two that come to mind. Um, I remember having a math teacher. Uh, I'm sleeping on Dr. Pogue, I believe. Um, she was was really helpful along the way too, so some good people that help me out right on
1: what are some academic highlights for you while you were in college
2: yeah um you know i want to bring up that that uh i want to bring up the music class i took and mm, i want to yeah. bring up i remember a statistics class and those were the two most difficult those are two most difficult classes for me um and those uh I mean, that's where you just lay everything out and, like, you give it your best effort. And I remember having a big project in the music class, and I tied it back to education. Mm-hmm. And my presentation was on um, school districts not um, really taking advantage of the arts and a lot of how-, how oh, lot of wow, interesting. Pro- At the time, yeah, um, so I was really proud that I was able to take the class where I'm doing terrible in and really tie it to what I was going to do and and really kind of swing that in my direction. Same thing with statistics, I know that class came down to the very last test, like it was either way, am I gonna fail, am I gonna pass? Um, and the very last question on the test had nothing to do with statistics, it was. An essay question that said, Why should you pass this class? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think uh, that was probably the best essay I've ever written. Right on. (laughs) It's probably up there with like uh, the Declaration of Independence. (laughs) (laughs) And I told myself, I was like, if this professor is going to fail me, they're going to feel bad about it. Yeah. And I passed the class. I don't know if it was my answers the mathematical answers I had Mm. or the essay that put me over the top. Um, And then one more thing I want to, to another highlight I had. Yeah. Go for it. You learn to adapt, right? And you learn to problem solve. I like money had always been an issue and in college I didn't always, like I didn't always have an abundant amount of money. So Mm. there were a lot of classes, a lot of classes, where I was like, you know what, I'm not going to buy this book and I'm going to see how well I do by myself. And oh, wow. Can I borrow a book here? Can I, can I, uh, can I read a friend's there or, um, and just the fact that like, Hey, I didn't, it wasn't even, it wasn't even like equal odds as everyone else, but you know what I was able to, to figure it out. And I was able, I never felt a class, um, I struggled, but I never failed a class. I never, dropped a class and never had to retake a class for anything. Um, So the fact that like, you know what, the the deck was still stacked against beans in in a sense, and I was still able to like overcome it and be successful.
1: Right on. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Luis. Uh, The next question is a little bit about uh, something you already talked about, uh, about interdisciplinary studies and what that is. But can, for the audience, uh, and for those uh, students that may be thinking about interdisciplinary studies, what does that allow you to do? And, And specifically, what is it about?
2: Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know everything that it entails, but I, I do know um, it, it allowed me to do a lot in education um, and it gave me the opportunity to pursue um, again, just, just different teaching jobs in history or prepared me to be honest with you, with uh, jobs in history and reading and writing. So a lot of my courses were histories, a lot of my courses were writing, were um, just reading just different books and novels and um, but but really I know um, it, it gives you some flexibility in the education world yeah and I think again, anytime I can give advice, I, I do my best to give advice. If you're uncertain about the degree you want, pick something that's going to give you flexibility. Or if, if you're really unsure, make sure you pick a university that has a lot of options mm-hmm. because, That's important. because students change their major all the time. But if you go to a small school, I know a lot of private schools specialize in the type of degrees they, degrees they offer. Right. Um, if you're really not 100 percent sure, you're not sure if this is the path you want to take make sure you wind up at a school that gives you options and gives you a lot of options.
1: That's a very important advice. Thank you for sharing that Luis. Um, So college graduation is now upon you. Do you remember what you felt? Uh, You must've felt relief.
2: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That was, (laughs) you know, it was a, a lot of relief, a lot of excitement. I remember to like uh, still, Still, I have no money. I need to find a job fast. <laughs> life
1: of the college student,
2: but yeah, absolutely. But you get to you. I wanted to try something new and mm-hmm. you go off to college. And there's so many students that don't make it. There's yeah. so many, so many different issues arise. Right, like I can't afford, or I flunked out, or I lost this scholarship, and I knew how much it meant to like my family and how many people helped me along the way that I didn't want to let down. Mm-hmm. So there, there was definitely a lot of relief there, but a lot of excitement too. That's awesome. For some, obtaining
1: a bachelor's degree is enough. That's where they end their college career and they say, it's done. I'm over. I'm heading into my career. You decided to uh, pursue a master's program. Why did you go for, for more schooling?
2: Well, I, uh, teaching was great, but I knew there was a certain time, a certain point I figured out hey, you know what? Like, I love, I love impacting people's lives. I want to be a career uh, and college readiness counselor. Like, if I can help people figure out this path that was kind of hard for me to figure out, mm-hmm. like, if I can make that clear or even just make students understand like, hey, you need to prepare for post secondary education, you need to have a plan. Let me help you figure out that plan. Um, once I figured out that I wanted to do that, then mm-hmm. I needed more education to, to get that done. And um, I actually, I went to, I got my master's from Lamar University, um, mm-hmm. which was a great program. Any Anybody out here who is considering a master's degree and has a full-time job, it was great because a lot of my work was due Thursday night. Um, and a lot of it was due Sunday night. So, you can work a little bit throughout the week, work, work throughout the week. Really mm-hmm. dedicate time. I had a lot of assignments due midnight on Thursday.
1: Oh my gosh!
2: And I had to get, I had to get through the Friday workday. Uh huh. But only doing that for one day a week isn't too, isn't too bad. It really is It, Um, you can, you can get your way through one workday, uh, going to bed early late, and then it gives you the weekends to really focus on the rest of your work and get everything done by Sunday night. So. Wow. It was a really good program and I felt like it prepared me really well and but again it's it came down to hey this is a career that's for me yeah I want to do something in this field so let's let's go do it
1: So what uh, you went to Lamar University what uh, program did you decide to pursue?
2: Um, yeah it was school counseling um, I thought I was going to be a counselor at school um, and and I know that students, I know students go through a lot go through a lot more than i went through um but the passion was always career in college um so when i was looking for jobs and really learned what true was about i was like this is this is for me this is it this oh, is right on. um so yeah that's I, I pursued school counseling um i know Like my final professor was a little disappointed that I wasn't going to be a counselor. Mm, mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, as a program director, that's, that's what you're doing. Um, Right. That's a big part of the job. Absolutely. um, Yeah. But, but yeah, that's why I took that route. So in in hearing
1: you say that, because as we talked at the beginning of the podcast, you said teaching was really a passion. It was there. Uh, you wanted to continue to make an impact on students. So overall, the, the trajectory in everybody's mind right now thinks you were going to be a school counselor, and you made the shift to TRIO. Um, tell us a little bit about that inspiration to to change into TRIO and serving first-generation limited income and students with disabilities.
2: Yeah, um, it, was, it was a surprise to even me, right? Because you have, you're like, this is the goal, this is the goal, this is the goal. But it wasn't a surprise once I learned what true was all about. It was still, this is the goal. It's just packaged differently. It's, it's, it's named something else, but this is, right. this is the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. I thought the bullseye was over here, but the bullseye is right here. Um, but no, it's, and then realizing like, this is my path, right? First mm-hmm. generation from for, until I become an adult. Um growing up first generation um growing up low income growing up with a lot of the challenges that students have um, and you know a great a great thing um was when i had the opportunity to be an upward bound director mm-hmm. i thought that that was gonna be the, my job for the rest of my life oh. um, but again priority shift um i i had a son and we talked about this pre-podcast, um, but at the time he was about two and I'd get off of work at five, I'd get home around six and he was going to bed at eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as much as I love the job, I, I knew how important it was for me to spend more time with my kids. Absolutely. Yeah. So I moved on to a company that I had worked with in my trio position it's mm-hmm. called ITier um, and it gave me the opportunity to still work with rural programs, um, still do workshops, but I had the opportunity to work mostly from home and spend a lot more time with my wife and kids. Um, but I felt like I was going to be in that position. We serviced four different high schools. Mm-hmm. Um, one high school um, was where I taught for five years. It was in that it was that high school that district's high school. One high school was the town I currently live in one high school, the third high school was, um, where my parents went to school or I went to s- to most of my elementary school, um, in a town that I grew up in. Um, and then the fourth was another school in our, in our County. So I was like, these are, this is my community. Um, yeah. and I loved when I had the opportunity to serve them for, for the time, for my time at Palo College. Um, but it was a step to where I am now where I have the opportunity to help students from all across the nation. Mm. Um, I took, I took um, what I was telling my students, I put it into these products. Right. And now it's not just my County where I have the opportunity to, to serve students. It's all across the United States. And so it's been a real blessing to, to be able to put a product out there where I think, Hey, Students, I'm putting this path. If a student wants to go to college, the path is here. The yeah. groundwork is there. You yeah. you come here, and if you have questions about pretty much anything in the college readiness process, it's here for you.
1: Right on. So working with Trio, because as we spoke earlier in the in the podcast, you, you we talked a little bit of how you got into it. What was that experience like for you being in Trio?
2: Oh man, it was it was a blast. It was. I'd say probably one of the best jobs out there, right? It's up there with, if I could be point guard for the San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, it, it's great because you just have the, the opportunity to impact these students. And it's students that you recruit, it's students that that want to go to college. It's students that have the same dreams that you had.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
2: like you're given, you're given some good resources to help them along the way. Um, So it was, it was a blast. I absolutely, Trio works. I absolutely love doing it. And just the people who have the opportunity to be working in Trio, Mm -hmm. one of the best jobs out there. Right on. Do you have a favorite memory of being in Trio? I have a lot of favorite memories, but uh, yeah, I'll mention one. We would take the students on a lot of trips Um, we'd have the opportunity to tour different colleges, um, go on different cultural events. Um, so we saw colleges from all over the United States. I took students to Chicago. Um, I had planned a trip right before I left where students would be going to, um, Philadelphia, um, Washington, DC, and New York. Um, and they'd get to tour different colleges along the way. Um, but there was one trip where we took students, um, this is when I worked at Coastal Bend College, mm-hmm. um, and it was, we serviced eight different rural schools, and these are schools like in the middle of nowhere, right, they're not next to really big cities, they're, they're very isolated. Um, and so we took students just across Texas, we went to UT, uh, we went to a and um we went to baylor mm. i believe no, no no we went to we went to uh texas state oh texas state awesome with texas state ut and AM. and and it was it was one evening and like i knew for a lot of these students like they had never gone past their town mm, and yeah it was it's, it wasn't even the biggest trip it was students just being grateful and excited and I saw I could you could tell that students realized the options and opportunities that were available to them that they had never they had never experienced before. Right. And I think that was probably one of the uh one of my best memories in Trio.
1: That's amazing. That's awesome. So you alluded a little bit to uh earlier about the program uh slash business that you founded. Uh it's called pre-degree, a college prep program.
2: What is it about? Yeah, so the idea behind pre-degree, everything you need to know pre and before your degree, right? (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Thank you. Um, So we have different products and services to help students and programs um, prepare for, it's the college readiness process. Um, So we have grade specific workbooks. um, And this is everything, this is what I needed to teach my students when I was there. So it's, it's written, I think, in a way that's really well received. It's very interactive. So students can engage with the text, and they can self-evaluate. Um, and there are a lot of resources in there for them. Um, so students or even program directors don't have to go to 20, 30, 40 different places to put this roadmap together. So if you're going on a campus tour, um, we have things you can do before, during, and after that if you um college fair same thing right if you are completing fafsa if you have an interview if you need a college resume i put together or we put together um, what i think is a really good roadmap for students um we also have activity kit um which is 45 lower no prep activities it was one of The best parts of my job was doing engaging stuff for my students, but I really never had time to put the best activities together. So Mm -hmm. we have activities. um, If you are teaching financial literacy, there is a board game we have. If you're doing a review activity, we have fun games. If you're teaching them about um, college resumes, we have a really fun activity for that. Or um, being a leader um, or time management. We have fun, engaging activities so that students can have a good time um, and be engaged when they're learning about some of these pretty dry topics, to be honest with you. Um, And we also do workshops as well. Um, My favorite part of the job, I have the opportunity to hang out with these students and to take some of the activities from the activity kit and just teach them what I learned along the way, right? So hopefully they don't have to learn lessons the hard way they can... uh, (laughs) They can, they can learn from some of the mistakes we made or some of the things I've learned along the way. Um, but really, what we wanted to do was we wanted to create a roadmap for students. Um, and we know students have the ambition, and we know students have the skills and the talents and education, but they don't always know where to take that or to go with it. And, and I want students who um, who want that better life for them, who wants post-secondary education. I want them to have the resources available to them so that they can do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. How can
1: staff or students reach out to you if they are interested in exploring the products and services that you have to offer?
2: Yeah. So, uh, they can start by checking on our website, uh, www.mypredegree.com. Um, and i don't know if you can link up any of my information but they can always email me they can always um but again they can always start with our website check out some of the stuff we have to offer if they have any more questions just reach out the contact information is on the website as well
1: right on for our audience we will have that link on our program description for the podcast and also uh luis's email uh for you to reach out to him um what advice can you offer to trio students
2: yeah um so this is one of my favorite pieces of advice um i've seen hundreds if not thousands of trio students um and you get out of trio what you put into it right i I, i've had an advisor who would always say that um but you get out of it what you put into it so for some students they could attend all the events and they could soak up all the lessons um they could be there when we service them in schools and academic saturdays they can make sure they can make attendance in the summer priority and for some students it's something fun that they can do where they can see their friends um and hang out and learning or really thinking about your future is kind of secondary um mm-hmm. but really if, if you have ambition and you have goals and you know there's stuff that you want to accomplish not just for yourself but for your family for your future family Like, really put effort and and really put, um, really put effort into TRIO because it's the more you put in, again, the more you'll get out. Awesome. What about advice
1: that you have for TRIO staff?
2: Yeah, I just want to reiterate that this is one of the best jobs out there. Um, I've noticed for a lot of staff, um, a lot of the jobs are are a good stepping stone because you're working in school districts, you're working at, um, for a lot of them, we're working on college campuses, um, and there's a lot of incredibly intelligent people with a lot of good skills, so um, some people stay in TRIO for 40 years, and, and some people use a stepping stone, but my advice is live in the moment, um, and and take your job, be passionate about your job, because the work you're doing is and whether whether you always realize it or not, it's it's impacting so many students, um, and it's it's benefiting so many students. Um, and the most important advice: uh, buy your stuff from pre-degree. Uh, no. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> I like that plug. <laughs> no, um, that no, I, I I am passionate about that. By make 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 your simplify as much as you can for these students, because I mean, they they can worry about. Uh, things being complicated in, in their biology class, and they can worry about that in uh, their calculus class, Um, but let's, let's simplify the, the roadmap for students, um, so that they know what they what they need to do, make it as simple for them, and as fun for them, and as engaging for them, Um, and we are always happy and helpful to, we're always happy to help along the way, but, um, but be passionate about it, make it as exciting as you can, and like I said, I noticed this in, in kindergarten, I was receptive to how the the adults around me felt about me and mm-hmm. and the job that they did. So students can sniff that out a mile away. Be excited and be be passionate and and um, put your heart into this job because it is one of the most important and rewarding jobs out there.
1: Are there any people you would like to acknowledge?
2: Yeah. Um. Oh man, there's so many people. It's gonna. It's going to take another, <laughs> another hour. Part um, two of the podcast. No, I mean, my my wife, who uh, has allowed me be just with, with watching the kids and, and just support to, to really put this vision together. My parents, who have always been in my corner, like I mentioned. Um, and then the professionals who gave me opportunities and, and believed in me along the way. Um, that first job I got at Coastal Wing College that opened my eyes to Trio, um, the opportunity to work at Palo Alto College as an upper bound director, um, and then from there, um, working with, with I Tutor and people, people that helped me out there and mentored me and, and gave me just so much opportunity, and, um, it's, it's been a, it's taken a village to, <laughs> To, to help me accomplish my, my goals and dreams. And so I'm very appreciative of, of everyone along the way and all the people I didn't mention all the, all the little help that I've done along the way. It's, I, I really appreciate that. Awesome. Luis,
1: it was such an honor to have you on the podcast. I hope we can get you back on soon. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. It was a blast. Um, thank you for having me. You're the last person I want to acknowledge. I, uh, you, you, you've been so supportive from the beginning. Like, hey, let's get you on and let's tell your story. And and so, thank you for that opportunity.
1: Absolutely, Luis. It's the honor is all on this end. We appreciate you being on. So, we have a tradition on the podcast, Luis, where we have the guests sign off at, to end our
2: broadcast. Uh, do you care to do the honors? Absolutely. Right. Thank you all so much for listening. If, if you made it uh, to the end, I hope you took some golden nuggets with you. Um, but I'm signing off. Take care.
1: Thank you so much, Luis.
2: Awesome. Thank you.
0: Are you a participant, alum, or staff of a TRIO program? Do you want your program highlighted? You or your program could be featured in an upcoming episode of Let's Talk TRIO. Get a hold of us by going to our Facebook page or Instagram and send us a direct message. Search for Let's Talk TRIO. We want to get your story to the public.
1: What a great episode with Luis Perez, CEO and founder of PreDegree, an educational consultancy program. And he was also a former TRIO Upward Bound and Talent Search staff member. Thank you, Luis, for being on the Let's Talk TRIO podcast. Remember, you too can be on the Let's Talk TRIO podcast. Send us an email at letstalktrio at gmail.com or you can nominate someone to be on the Let's Talk TRIO podcast so they can share their story. That email again it's letstalktrio at gmail.com. Spelled L E T S T A L K T R I O at gmail.com. Be sure to follow us on our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter pages. We're almost everywhere on social media. Uh, we're also found on TikTok if you would like to head on over to my page uh, personally. Uh, it's no name face. 25 you can look at clips of uh, each interview coming up even get uh, some heads up on when uh, when a episode will publish Uh, so we have a variety of ways for you to connect with us Uh, again you can find us all over we our official uh, pages are on twitter at let's talk trio uh, or instagram at let's talk trio or facebook on let's talk trio so we have uh, various pages for you to connect with us Again, a huge thanks to our sponsors, Angelica Villalpando, Rosario Riley, and Student Access. Thank you all so much for your continued support of this podcast. You too can be a supporter of Let's Talk Trio podcasts in one of three ways. One, you can share, download. Uh, and distribute this episode Uh, that is the best way for us to gain visibility and gain recommendations to other people to listen to this podcast also leave us a detailed review on either apple Podcasts or any podcast platform that'll also give us a greater visibility Uh, another way you can support us is monetarily through patreon we are on the patreon website go over to patreon search for let's talk trio we have four basic membership levels from uh, level one all the way to level four level one is our most basic membership it does it starts at a dollar a month a dollar a month does go a long way to support this podcast Uh, and we also have a fifth tier that is uh, reserved for companies only Uh, so if you own a company uh, if you would like to advertise on this podcast connect with us Uh, and for a hundred dollars a month as a flat fee we will run your advertisement on this podcast for every episode we publish during that month I'd like to take a second also to recognize our honorary members of the Let's Talk Trio podcast. That is Scott Kendall, Tony Ho, and Roderick Chambers. The Let's Talk Trio podcast team is John Russell, post-production editor, music producer, and audio engineer. Amelia Castaneda, script supervisor social media manager, marketing manager, and producer. Juan Rivas, executive producer and host. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the Let's Talk Trio podcast. This episode was recorded uh, October 23rd, 2022. Remember to go out, vote, make your voice heard, Uh, do not hesitate if you have a mail-in ballot make sure you locate your mail-in precinct and uh, vote